This podcast is rated E for explicit. What do your friendships say about you? Are they a toxic cocktail or a healthy brew? We're not talking as much anymore. I'm not calling you anymore. We're not texting anymore. Do they encourage growth or are they like weeds around your throat? I have had the the craziest issues with letting people go because I really believe that people can change. Sometimes people do change, just not with you. Do they enlighten and enrich you? Or do they drain and deplete you? Sometimes loving somebody means letting them go. I love you enough to where I'm going to give you the space to transform whatever your process is. I love you enough to recognize that I'm not serving or supporting you in that. I sat down for a conversation on this topic with my friends who I refer to as the board to analyze the costs, the benefits, and the profound rewards. But sometimes we get a little off track. That's another conversation, <laughs> another show, when we drink and the shit we say um, or do um, or the pictures that we send. I'm sorry. Okay. Stay on, stay on topic. Stay on topic. Stay on topic. But in the end, we always bring it back. You met me in the midst of many things. Shedding skin, sprout wings, looking at life as a spiritual being through a human lens, having conversations with God about so many things. This show is your invitation. The Poet God is the conversation. Because of who I am, there aren't many people that can hold the high office that friendship is in my life. I bring a lot of value to my relationships and I require a certain level of substance in order for something I would call a friendship to materialize. I believe that your friendships and the quality of your relationships in general are an extension and reflection of the relationship you have with yourself. So before you consider what you want in any relationship, consider what you have in terms of how you treat you. How kind, how considerate, how loving, how forgiving you are with yourself. Because whatever situation you inhabit, you bring into it who you are and how people experience you will in part reflect where you are with yourself. The other part of how they experience you is a reflection of where they are with themselves. 
It is in that intersection where we must consider if we are in alignment with the other person in the relationship or friendship and the cost of a connection that maybe it's time to cut. But for now, lay down the scissors and the swords and let's pick up this conversation with the board. So I'm, I'm very curious, um, and this question, I guess, is for, for everybody. Like, is it one singular event that makes you want to end a friendship? Or is it um, a multitude of things that make you want to to say, hey, we can't be friends anymore? What, uh, who was that? Deborah Cox and R.L.? We can't be friends? Mm, but I'm still in love with you? Yeah. Um, so I'm mm. curious. Before I... You know, mm-hmm. answer for myself. I don't know. I think um, I've been learning a lot even before I had the, the, the language to articulate it the way that I articulate it now. But even back then, I know that it was something like, you know, you, you could feel when things shift. Right now, we like to say it's energy. We were more sophisticated in the way we describe things like that. But the, the energy is no longer what it was. You could feel that everybody feels it. And um, sometimes you have an event where or an opportunity that kind of highlights that. Um, and you just know that you're, you don't feel safe. You don't feel at home or comfortable with that individual anymore. And they just feel, start to feel like more of a stranger, I would think. Mm -hmm. And uh, you had shared something with me, um, when you were having an experience uh, a few weeks back with, with one of your friends. And I remember, the quote, for whatever reason, it stuck out in my head because um, it had said something along the lines of how were we even friends? Something like that. And you know what? I thought about what must it be like for him to hear that or anybody, right? For you to be in a, a exchange and you have to say to that person, how how were we even friends? Like, who are you? <laughs> who are you who right was now? I? <laughs> hmm. I think that that's actually the There bigger. we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who was I to be in... in a friend to you or with you or whatever. Yeah, because I guess in that moment, you're, it's a mirror. The situation is presenting itself and serving you in that moment as a mirror. Like, who was I to be in that friendship with you? And I'm guessing, um, Aaron, that some of that is part of your experience um, that, you know. You know, and Aaron asked the question about whether or not it was a slow kind of roll towards that end of a friendship or if it was like a big bang. And I really, I, I don't know if I've ever had an experience where it was a big bang. Everything was mm-hmm. about time. And sometimes I let things go on maybe months or years too long. Um, but I've rarely ever had a situation where I woke up saying, okay, today is the day. It's more of like, all right, here we go. Let's see how much more we can deal with. Right, um, right. Until it get, comes to the point where you're saying, "Yeah, it's not working for me." Anymore. So you've been tolerating, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think like it's, you notice it initially. You may have some thoughts about it, but it takes a while to go from noticing to accepting mm. that this friendship may not be what I thought it was, or things may have shifted, or things may have changed. But again, I don't think that that happens overnight. I think we kind of collect information, collect that, data mm-hmm. points over time to where it's confirmed that okay, yeah, I, I, to the point that you can't ignore it or avoid it or deny it. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that that does 
does take time, especially if it's a relationship that's lasted or has a significant history. One of the things that I remember, and I don't remember who the person was, but I, I remember talking with them for an extended period of time and, and getting off the phone and feeling exhausted by the conversation. And I'm like, oh, Lord, why? So every time I talk to you, like, I just feel drained. That is not the experience that you should be having when you're talking to a friend. It shouldn't be. And what if that person is sitting on your couch and spending the night over? Oh, oh and no. You can't right. escape it. Mm. Exactly. Mm. So, yeah. Mm-mm. And and something that you said, Calvin, um, and Nick, as a matter of fact, like, so my journey, um, and I think, you know, Akil talking about uh, how the friendship mirrors the relationship that you have with yourself. My journey has always been, I'm going to continue to think that you can change. Um, and when I think that you can change, I'm going to continue giving you another shot, another shot. And in reality, <laughs> that's unfortunately not the case. Um, they're wearing out their welcome mm. and it's time to let it go. And I honestly, true transparency, I have had the the craziest issues with letting people go because I really believe that people can change. Yeah, and I, I have the same exact issue. Um, but I've always said something to people when they ask for this advice, just not really taking it myself, mm-hmm. is that sometimes people do change, just not with you. That Ooh, that's true preach. too. But but is it only <clears throat> the is the, is the issue with you, Aaron, only that um, only your belief that they can change in terms of your issue with letting them go? Or is it uh, you feel some sort of obligation to being a part of that change? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely that. It's definitely me saying that I'm going to love you enough. And I, I've done this with relationships, too. So I'm going to love you enough so that you want to change. And that is the that is very unhealthy. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I think that brings up an interesting point um, when we talk about being loyal in relationships yeah. or what it means to be committed and how a lot of times our sense of loyalty or duty or obligation or commitment will keep us in relationships that have they, they've expired. Mm. Um, and so it's not that we're actually in the relationship. It's that we are committed to our own sense of loyalty. <laughs> yes, yes. And yes, that's yes. what's motivating us to stay in a lot of friendships, relationships, so but not. This is a little bit kind of off topic, but you know, it, it sprung to mind that. So I remember just scrolling through Tinder profiles and seeing some people having loyalty in their requirements as to what they're looking for. And I, and I always wonder. What do they really mean by that? Is that there for because of a sense of they've been a, abandoned um, in the past? And so now that's something that's like, you know, in other words, don't abandon me. Um, and what what is that? What is that really about? You know, um, because on the on the flip side to that, you enter a scenario where you enter a, a space with them and you decide you're going to be whatever with them. Right. And then, you know. This the foolishness starts to come up and you're like, okay, wait, this is what you want me to be loyal to? Hello. <laughs> uh, because this is not what's happening. Right. You know, it, it almost feels like like it's a setup. So you wanna guilt me now because I'm not about to be here for all that. Right? So now you're gonna make me feel guilty because I'm not mm. That sounds like a book that I'm <laughs> I'm I'm reading. Um and I'm sure Nick knows about this. This book is called I Hate You. Don't leave me. Oh. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm, 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 I don't want to be alone in this house. Mm-hmm. From that movie, um, The Reception. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's 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 a, that's one a perfect example of a of a friendship that needed to be dissolved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that whole situation, and I think that we can probably mirror some of that stuff in our own lives. Yeah, you know, we got people who have given us the benefit when we were down and out, right? Oh yeah, um, they've yeah. held on, but why? So it, it, was it really about us? Mm-hmm. About, you know, like us as individuals, or was it really about what they needed? They were getting, and which is why they were so helpful. Right? Mm-hmm. Could you give a little spin on that toxic relationship that the reception um, kind of spoke I mean, to? Just kind of like what, it, what you know, just a little summary of what it is yeah. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, there, there's a man who's living with this woman. Um, they've been living together for many, many years. Mm-hmm. He was kind of down and out. I think he may have been on the drugs at some point. Yeah. And she helped save him right? mm-hmm. and, and gave him the ability to spend time being a painter and not having to deal with things. Took him out of the city in a, in a, in a place where he could actually thrive a little bit more. And in many ways, he's basically been stuck with that, right? Mm-hmm. She's uh. basically in love with him, even though she knows he's a gay man. Mm-hmm. right? And in a way, she's holding him uh, hostage to that loyalty. Right, because I saved you. Right. Right, exactly. Right. Everything that I did for you, it's so funny, my mother says this about her mother-in-law. God bless her. Um, You know, it's almost like there's an element of control there. So You owe me? Yes. Mm. So everything that that I did for you, quote-unquote, you owe me that type of loyalty. And so you're going to stay here until... You repay me for everything that I've done for you, right? Which so is bullshit. What happens in this particular case, and I'm sure that people may be able to relate to this, it starts off as seemingly something positive, but that control mm-hmm. actually is a toxicity. You know, it really isn't about a friendship anymore. It is about I'm lonely. I needed to have somebody by my, by my side, and I'm going to harass you into staying because mm-hmm. that's really what happens. Mm. And um, there comes a point in the film where he has a love interest who showed up with her uh, her daughter when she came to, to visit. And those two guys kind of developed something. And the um, the lady is feeling threatened by that connection. Uh, yeah. And I think that yeah. it brings up something else. You know, I'm, I'm going to move away from the lady for a second mm-hmm. is that. This is, I think, the catalyst. He found something in his life that mattered more than his relationship with her. Right. So at some point, whatever he was missing is being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And that makes that other Mm -hmm. relationship no longer valid, no longer worthy, no longer uh, worth him putting up with all the nastiness that she throws at him. Right. Because she does. Oh, yes. Yes. That's the other part of the whole thing is that with her help comes this abuse. Ugh. Right. She says some very, very, very nasty things to him about his sexuality, about different things, you know, uh, very, very ugly. So when she drinks in in what space and and and, you know, (laughs) that's another conversation, (laughs) another show when we drink and the shit we say um, or do um, or the pictures that we send. I'm sorry. Okay, stay on on topic. Stay on topic. Stay on topic. Everything I did for you, I was really doing for me. 
Is that statement a reflection of any of your situations? I'm just asking for a friend. We'll be right back after these messages. My intention for this podcast is for it to be an enlightening experience of love. And from what I hear, that intention is being met loud and clear. This was amazing. I wish every high school senior who's graduating can hear this and every college graduate can hear this. This is super, super special and I enjoyed it 100%. I like where you are coming from using the word God to communicate to people because so many people have so many different ideals of God. You seem to be on a higher spiritual plane because you seem to have a personal connection, which is a great thing. We're all God's children, but some of us just do devilish things. I think what we're going through at these times right now with this coronavirus is teaching us we all need each other. Indeed, we do. And it is with the support of people like you, I will continue to answer the call to share what God has given me. Because this is a gift I believe the world is meant to hear and see. In what space do you have to be in to receive that that abusive energy those abusive words that toxic energy like i remember this is a long time ago um and and this person may or may not obviously listen to this podcast but uh, i remember it being in college and i just graduated college and a friend of mine um stated to me that it's only a little piece of paper it doesn't designate your your intelligence it's only a little piece of paper and those words um, actually followed me and then there was another comment which I've addressed with them as well but another comment your teeth are yellow <gasps> or um, your eyebrows are, are nasty or you know I mean it just went on and on and on so same person, same person. Um, and so I just, I, I'm, I guess, trying to figure out for my own edification, like, what space must you be in in order to receive that and think that that's okay? Do you remember how hearing those comments made you feel or where you were with yourself? Do you remember that? I, I was on the brink of coming out. So I was confused about a lot of things. And I thought that that's how you had to be in order to be in this this community. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wait. You thought that you had to be like how he was treating you? Correct. Correct. Mm. And and to be honest, I've treated other people like that mm. because I thought that that's how you had to be. So I guess what I'm struggling with is understanding is... The what the how you had to be means. What is what is that? You know, can you describe whether it's like catty? Correct. Um, you know, you're dismissive of other people's accomplishments. You know, mm-hmm. what, what is it that that we're talking about here? Right. Uh, like putting people down, making people feel less than because that 
gets you far in the community. And and people don't fuck with you if you are that type of person. So you I'm guessing that you saw a lot of people in the community engaging with each other in that way. Correct. And the person that I I, um, I looked up to. Uh, and it's so funny. I read something this week that said something along the lines of don't put people on the pedestal, because if you do, they have no choice but to look down on you. So, yeah, yeah. That I put him on that pedestal and I'm like, I want to mm. be the, be like that. And so if I'm going to be like that, I need to get my teeth straightened and whitened. I need to get my eyebrows done. I need to make sure I dress a certain way because that is how I thought you were going to be successful. That was my friendship role model. You, you're touching on something that I'm hearing. Like it's almost like the things that we do to occupy a space where we feel like we belong. And we gained something from that, too. You gained a sense of, oh, this is a space where I can belong. And in order to belong in this space, this is how I have to be. This is how I have to show up, despite all the negativity, despite kind of things that were harmful to you and toxic for you. You were still wanting to belong to a community. And so I think highlighting the complexity that shows up in a lot of these relationships, like there are a lot of negatives, but there are still some things that we're getting from that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so if we're looking for belonging, a lot of times or we're looking for something and we're getting that from that space, we'll still put up with or you overlook ignore the or cost. ignore yeah. the cost. Um, and, that's why it's important to do a cost benefit analysis. <laughs> I'm on somebody. Huh? Yeah, but, but, but with friendships, though, that cost benefit analysis really isn't something people would think of. I mean, really, there is an immediate benefit, and that's all we're thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. We're not really thinking about the cost of what this is going to do to us long term, right? But but what I'm what I'm hearing too, and just like the example we used in, in the story from the reception, at some point you might actually be presented with an opportunity where to be freed up from that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it still begs the question then how do you move on? How do you get rid of that toxic Mm. relationship? How do you say bye to that person? Mm. I think that's, and and Akil, you, you said it, um, you were preaching yesterday, but, but I think it's when you recognize that you love yourself more than the, the, the cost of this relationship, mm-hmm. you're you're beginning to understand that you're worth something. You're valuable. Um, <laughs> you're somebody that that is. I don't know. You, you had you had asked me um, when we were talking about it if uh, I had I had that experience with a friend, and and I couldn't think of any friends that I had that experience with. But I my experiences along that lines were with family. And so um, I was when, when it's with family, there is no really getting rid of that person because it's family. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's like, you know, you have to find another way to be. But what, in, what w- with me personally, um, I begun to experience the shift and the change within myself when I started to look at myself through my own eyes, my own lens, rather than the ones that they had portrayed and uh, and I, that I was looking w- uh, at, uh, at, 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 rather than the lens that I was looking at, looking at myself through, rather than, you know, their lens that I was looking at myself through. And that w- is where I 
started asking, well, what do I think? What do I feel? What do I want? You know, rather than what do they think? What do they feel and what do they want? You know, what I wanted and needed had to be first in a primary and not me trying to set myself up to please mm. them mm. and to, you know, and, and because for a minute, my existence was about pleasing um, them because, you know, we and, and it's not um, what I would say about that, too, is we all did that. Right. Because that was part of the culture that we grew up in. Right. So I wouldn't, you know, place the fault on them entirely. We, we we grew up in a in a all being taught to be a certain way and to care about what the public thinks. And so we've lived and learned to live our lives for the public. And then we also do it with each other in the house. And so I didn't had to move out of that space because it was I was suffering from it. Um I was dying from it and I needed to it just became it became a life a death thing for me personally um, because it was it was empowering my depression for one and I needed to figure out the things that was empowering that so that I could be free from that and so it really came down to what was feeding my depression this negative energy getting to the bottom of the source of where this negative energy is from and detaching and freeing myself from that experience and who was contributing and pouring into that experience, they also had to go, they had to die, they had to be done. So I, I make a joke and say that I had to, quote unquote, murder them. And what I mean by that is that they, the level of importance was so high uh, in my life, their level of importance was so high in my life, that had to be done. There's no way that I could move forward um, and be free if that still held the, the level of importance it did for me. So that had to die. Um, and then I had to be reborn in a different way and, and, and so that I could be in a different space with them. I never stopped loving them, but I had to be in a different space with them because when it's family, you have to find a different way to exist with them, right? Um, and to, to, to go around and go to the family events and the family reunions and... Be in your own integrity, um, but not allowing them to to step out of line, to be disrespectful, to talk out of the side of their mouth like they're crazy, you know, and still find that balance. And it, it, it's, it's hard, you know, um, but I think people, when you've moved into that new space with yourself, people see it. And it, 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 I thought it was going to be this mountain, this big thing, and it wasn't. You know, it was like when I finally got to the point where it was, like, oh, I'm ready to fight. So y'all bring it. And nobody wanted to fight. It's like they saw the energy and they were like, okay, but, got you. But sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. But <laughs> and, and yeah. the only reason I, I say that is because there are relationships I've been in where I've tried to make it a peaceful split. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead, I've had to invest more energy into making it a more smooth, longer term because there was always a fight. Mm-hmm. Happen, right, and I never understood if you and I both know that this is not working. Come on, Pastor. Why are you still fighting with me on trying to end it? Mm. Right? Come on, Pastor. And, and I and I understand that sometimes people have to go through their process as well. 
But I had already moved on. (laughs) Well, I think that relates to what we think about friendships and our expectations that we place on friendships. Some of us think that friendships are supposed to last forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Whereas if we have a perspective on friendships that some friendships may last across the life whatever and then some friendships come to an end and we kind of are give ourselves a flexibility to move in and out of that versus kind of the rigidity of oh no all of my friendships are lifelong not not necessarily but then you have to interrogate or get curious about or question your beliefs about what friendships are and where those come from and why you believe what you believe about friendships because i guarantee you that's going to show up in the way that you deal with a friendship breakup yes with that in mind consider the decline of your last friendship how did they show up for you how did you show up for them and how did you show up together we'll be right back after these messages Hey guys, I'm Joseph, a member of the board, which is what Akil refers to as his community of friends and supporters. We all have something valuable to give, and sometimes it's as simple as giving someone else a reason to live. On behalf of all the board members, I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Akil's success is our success, and we want you to be a part of the community we are building. It's not enough. It's not enough. Because you are the very foundation we must build it on. It's not enough to tell people that they matter. We have to show them. Like my friends showed me. So tell a friend, leave a review, and keep in touch. We want to hear from you because it all matters. Just as you do. Some people go along to get along. They just don't want to deal with the part of dealing with it. So they just get along. And also, too, uh, sometimes people, you're going to journey, a growth journey where you guys started out one way. Everybody's on the same level. And for some reason, you ended up growing. But the other person doesn't know that. Or they may know it. But at some point, you decide, you know what? This doesn't serve me anymore. But see, the person is on still, they're still on their level, so it's hard for them. They don't understand what you're talking about. Like, okay, so you're better than me now, so something's <laughs> happening now. That, okay, well, well, I see what's going on now. You, you got a, group, a new set of people now, so you feel like they're better than me. And it not, doesn't necessarily have personally to do with them. It's just that you feeling that your growth is, you've seen something better. Not better as in friends, but better for yourself. And that growth sometimes get people to diverge from where they started from initially. And also, how, how do you deal with that? When, when there's nothing, no incident or nothing that caused you to be... You don't have an angry feeling for that person. You don't have anything that is easy for you to say, break them off. So it's harder to kind of break those kind of friendships off because you don't... There's nothing that causes you... There's not a big event. Mm-hmm. Right. 
But then it begs the point that you can let somebody go and still love them, like you said, oh, Akil.、Yeah. Sometimes loving somebody means letting them go. I love you enough to where I'm going to give you the space to transform whatever your process is. I love you enough to recognize that I'm not serving or supporting you in that. Right. And then、right. you'll need your own space and time. Maybe if the universe brings us back together,、mm-hmm. then maybe we can be friends in a different way or like change the, our level of involvement or the, 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 the nature of our relationship can shift to reflect both of our growth,、um, growths. But I don't know.、Mm-hmm. Like, right. I, I think that's a great point. And, and believe it or not, that's happened to me where you know, one person moved out to New York, I was still in Dallas. And we connected you know, occasionally. And then one day we really just had to have that conversation. Is this really a, still a friendship? You know,、mm-hmm, what are、yeah. we doing right now?、Um, but what we came up with is that just no pressure. When we saw each other, we did. Right. And、mm-hmm. we were happy to see each other when we did.、Mm-hmm. That's you know, and that alleviated a lot of the anger from the fact that, hey, you were in Dallas and you didn't see me. Hey, you were in New York and you hung out with these other people, right? Right. We, we, we got past that by just saying, you know, just be happy when we do spend time together.、Mm-hmm. Gary,、mm. you had、um, talked to me、um, a lot about going through that experience where you had a friend who was really close to you and you needed to kind of pull back from them a little bit because every time you kind of spoke with them, there was a lot of drama. So, when you were able to pull back from them, or、uh, was there a, a specific incident that caused you to want to do that? Or was it more of a gradual thing and you kind of just decided that I can't pour myself into you like this anymore? What was that experience like for you? I think it was a gradual thing for myself. I think I was aware of it. I'm not sure if they were,、um, meaning that they may have been, but it was nothing. We, we didn't speak about it. Oh, okay. And I think.、Um, In my mind, I think I had mentally pulled away because of that, because I already had decided that the drama thing was getting to me. I was、um, not, it wasn't bitter. I was getting worse from getting, taking their drama on to, for, for myself. And you actually felt sick. Like, right, yeah. Sick. I remember one time I went home、um, and somebody looked at me and was like, oh, look at you. Are you sick? Like physically. Oh. And I was like, I was not aware. And I came back here and I was like, Okay, what, am, what are they talking about? And I, it kind of clicked to me. I'm like, oh, okay. I was taking on people's situations.、Mm, so much. And they were,、yeah. right, that、mm-hmm. I was not aware physically that it was doing something to me physically, as far as either making me lose weight or whatever. And people were like, oh, are you okay? And、mm-hmm. I was unaware until I became aware from, because they said it to me. And I, after、mm-hmm. that, it clicked on me. I'm like, okay, this is what's causing this situation. And I kind of like, Had to make a change because I started thinking to myself, you know what? Sometimes you try to help people, try to、mm-hmm. do things for them, and you take on so much for them, and then you end up killing yourself, literally killing yourself, and then they're still around in that same situation,、mm-hmm. haven't changed. Even though you're trying to help them to change, you take on everything from them. And you kill yourself.、Mm-hmm. Not really kill yourself, but you, you die from their situation. And they're on Instagram talking about, I'm living my best life. <laughs> Whatever that means. The whole savior complex. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the question I have is, how did you pull yourself away from that? I mean, how, what was the process that you went through after you figured out, okay, this isn't working for me anymore? How did you, how did you slowly get away from this person or whatever so that you didn't have to feel that anymore? Well, I think it, 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 Just because I had mentally taken away, I think something, an event happened. And so that it kind of made it easy for me to kind of mentally pull away or physically, meaning 
we're not talking as much anymore. I'm not calling you anymore. We're not texting anymore. So I don't know if, honestly, I consciously used the event as the, the way to pull away or, or it was a really legitimate reason to pull away because of the event, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Like right now, I don't think about it now. I don't know which, it which was. one it yeah. was. Mm-hmm. So some people use excuses for something like, oh, I really want to pull away, but this is why I'm going to pull away because of this particular situation. Mm-hmm. And it's easier now to use the situation as the... That's the catalyst. Right. Yeah. To, to, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. It, may, it makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, because I, I, I do wonder sometimes that, you know, when you recognize that it's time to go, what's the process, right? Because we've talked a lot about, you know, how we feel in the causes and stuff, but what's the process that people go through, right? That's that's where I'm, I'm interested because that relationship is one thing. But say, for instance, to somebody who you may have loved and you spent years with, but you realize that you're absolutely not in the same space. You're not even interested in the same things anymore. Right. And yet every time you get together, you 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 know you still love the person, but you just don't enjoy hanging out, right? How do you get rid of that feeling? I think you honestly have a conversation. And I think it's hard because we live in a cancel culture, a cutoff culture to where we don't necessarily have those conversations. But I wonder how things could be different if we were willing to initiate conversations to say, hey, this is what I'm noticing. Are you noticing the same thing? Like, And just have a transparent conversation without necessarily making it about ego. But like... Are we in the same space? I, I think that that whole cancel culture thing is so toxic in so many ways, especially as it relates to friendships. Because to me, it's like if that's your reaction to something that says to me that one, you're canceling it because you don't want to feel whatever it's making you feel. You don't want to face whatever it, it, it's asking you to face. You don't want to sit where it's asking you to sit and deal with whatever those issues are in you and the other person or whatever. And those are things that those are opportunities that you've you've chosen to take a detour around uh, opportunities for growth. And so, you know, what, what you're really doing is canceling opportunities for growth, <laughs> you know, like because the, the, whatever it is that's difficult, it's 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 I understand that it takes a, a level of maturity, courage, mm-hmm. I guess, to drive into it and and be there and face whatever it is. But I, I, I think it's so, it's so sad that people, you know, are embracing that, you know, rather than um, looking at it and saying, well, why am I reacting this way to this thing? That takes a lot of, of self-awareness. And, and I think that sometimes... When when you're lacking self-awareness, um, especially in, in a friendship, that is going to be the detriment of that particular friendship. When two people, um, one person may have self-awareness, the other person may not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to Nick's point, if you're not willing to at least come to the table with something, then the friendship is, is only going to be one-sided, in my opinion. Yeah, like when you, you're always talking and not listening you know it's almost like you're incapable of hearing the other person's heart what they're really saying to you you know and you know sometimes the other person isn't really capable of expressing it clearly um or in or constructively (laughs) you know so then there's that so 
I think it's, I love that. I think it's really important though, like in having those conversations, not to place blame on the other person yeah. to mm-hmm. be like, yeah. you did this and you did that and you did that. Like, but really talk about your own process and how you're growing and how your life has shifted and how things have maybe changed for you and maybe help them to understand what that's like for you. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe whether they understand or not, you can't necessarily control that. But I think at least extending um, and inviting the conversation is honoring of the friendship. Right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I'm finally at the place in my life where I can see the manifestation of the work that I've done with myself through the relationships I have. The seeds that I have sown decades ago are now trees that stand tall in the secret gardens where I have the privilege to fall into beds of roses and be lifted by the gifted in my chosen company who have declared with absolute certainty that where I am is where they also want to be because they are blessed by the relationship I have with me. It is why my steps are cherished in their sacred spaces, regardless of the occasion or what the particular case is. I am living the highest vision of the kind of friend I want to be. And I am empowered to do so because of the fruits on my tree. They are as sweet and precious as the ones that are offered to me. If you make where you are with yourself a beautiful place to be, then beautiful experiences will find you on every horizon that you see. I'm Akil Johnson the poet god thank you for listening